We got an incredibly loaded show for you today. We got to talk WrestleMania. We got to talk a massive exodus from WWE in terms of talent releases, producers, writers, office staff, all sorts of crazy stuff. We got Money in the Bank news. We got TV taping news. We got WWE Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and there's even AEW stuff to talk about. We're going to do all of that on episode 53 of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesportster.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesportster.com. It's been two weeks, and probably because it's been so crazy in the world of professional wrestling and the coronavirus and everything else that's gone around, we haven't had a chance to really sit down and do this. So now we've got a lot of content to cover in a short amount of time. So I'm going to bring Brandon in with us so he can help me do that. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Jim. What's going on, man? Well busy i mean we said this last time too right like everybody's got nothing i'm doing air quotes because it's audio you can't see me doing air quotes but nothing to do although somehow i seem like i i feel like i'm busier than i've ever been and writing more than i've ever written and professional wrestling has more to talk about than it ever has and all without really having live shows to do so although that's changed now we're gonna learn that too and we're gonna we've talked about that today so i don't know we got to cover wrestlemania which we didn't do we did our predictions, but we didn't do the results. So we've watched WrestleMania. We've gotten the feedback. We got news on the live shows. We got news on the state of Florida and their stay at home versus essential service tag that they give in WWE. We've got the shows now for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT happening out of the Performance Center being live. The calendar for the schedule between April and July just came out today, and they are taping some and doing some live. There's news about Money in the Bank. It's happening. Where it's happening. That came out today. There's just so much to talk about. So I might as well ask you where you want to start. I guess WrestleMania. Okay. <laughs> I guess that would make the most sense, right? Because we have so much other news, let's not take too long to cover WrestleMania. But there is right. a few things that happened from this show that we've written a ton about and we can talk about very briefly here. Um, just in terms of what we watched and what happened and what's going to happen now. So... Your match, let's do this. The match for you between both Saturday and Sunday night, what was your highlight of the entire show? I keep thinking back on it, and it's so hard for me to decide between... I mean, obviously the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match were both so good. Like, they were just instant classics. I know people want to recreate them, like, every year. I, I think you leave them as, like, very specific, special things that were done. I don't know that I would ever touch them. Uh, those were really, really good. But it might honestly be the uh, the ladder match. The ladder match was really good with Morrison, uh, yeah. Uso, and Kingston. Like, mm-hmm. really good match. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, for the empty arena in the building matches, I, it might have ranked third for me. I think okay. I like the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match, especially the bump off the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. I was a huge fan Crazy. of that because that pretty crazy and creative considering how much little space they had to work with. Mm-hmm. I was also a huge fan of Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah. That, that match, was a good match. I think a simple, crowd would have made that match so much better. I don't like, know though. Like that, I was watching it and I think I even tweeted it. I was like, I don't know if it would, because that was the kind of match. It was so old school and they took on a body part and they really worked it and they took their time. Yeah. Fans are fickle, man. Like they're just so they can take over a show and in such a bad way that 
they might have appreciated that match. Like, I could be wrong. They might have really respected that match and really been into it and been like, this is awesome and all that other stuff. Or they might have turned on those two and said, this is boring, right? Like, I love it. I dugged it. Like, from way back in the 80s, early 90s, like, when they did those kinds of matches all the time, that's what that was. That was two people going in there and going, we can have whatever match we want tonight. Let's do this. And they did it, and it was awesome. But I don't know that the fans, if there were 80,000 of them, would have given them the time they needed. And so I could be wrong, but that was one of the things I actually liked about that match was I remember watching it going, there's nobody here to tell these two people to change it up and it's working. And I was a really big fan of it. And I like the outcome, even though Rhea Ripley lost, because I think it actually does more for her in a loss than it would have a win. And she's going to go on to do some really big things. Um, so I, I dug that match, but the latter match, you're right. It was very good. Um, especially John Morrison. Holy crap. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, I can't believe they missed the boat on the first time. I know he wanted to kind of spread his wings and do the acting stuff, but even before that, like he was never really pushed to the moon. He had, he had decent pushes as far as the Intercontinental Championship, tag team stuff, the ECW stuff, but you look at this guy and he should have been a focal point for a long time, and, and once he hit the Indies, he was. He was a really big focal point that, I mean, everywhere he went, he was the main star for a lot, at least a little bit. And now he's coming back, and he's showing again, hey, this guy is really, really good. And, I mean, obviously Jimmy Uso and Kobe Kingston are also incredible. So having that kind of a match where that, – that's the one match where I felt like a, lot, a, a crowd wasn't even necessary because these three were so entertaining that, yeah, it would have been cool to hear a crowd react to some of the spots, but you almost didn't need it because it was just so uh, you know, visibly entertaining. Well, they, they did a really good job, I think, of dealing with – what they had to deal with in terms of how they booked the matches for the empty arenas and stuff. Like I agree. This was one of the the shows where I, I didn't, and maybe I'm just getting used to it in general and it's getting easier to watch, but I didn't feel at any point during that, that not having a crowd. I mean, I would have preferred a crowd. You really want the glass, the gal and the glitz and all the stuff that comes with WrestleMania. So it would have been better, but at the same time, I never felt during the show that I was like, Oh, too bad. There's no crowd. Like I just got into the matches and they were short, really mat like the, the matches that didn't really matter. The throwaway matches, Elias and Corbin and all that stuff like that were just kind of there, their filler. They were short. Like there was nothing about them that made you think, Oh man, this match is suffering. Cause there's no one there. No one's right. They just kept them really short. And so there was not a moment that I was like, Oh, this is brutal. So they, I think they did a good job in that way. And the matches that were long, although there was one match that was extremely long, um, but still very good. Yeah, was people, Edge and Randy didn't, Orton. people didn't seem to like like how long it was. I thought I was fine with it. I mean, this is a match years in the making. Why not let it dra- get dragged out? Like, what else do you care about watching on this card? Like this, this was a really good match that uh, I, I think there was no reason not to. Yeah, it sucks that I mean, uh, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and the Street Profits had their match cut to like six twenty. We don't know if that was actually like what it was supposed to be or not. Uh, but I mean, it, it was a good match as far as you know. They used everything. They really showed how big the performance center is. It's huge. Yeah, uh, it, it was good. I had no issues with it. But some people, I mean, most people I saw said, "Hey, this is like 15 minutes too long," even though the entire match was uh, 36, 35. So they would have cut it in, like, in half, I guess. I disagree with that. I'm a little surprised they didn't cut it a little. You know, like it was long. It was good. And people that are complaining and moaning and whatevering that this match was way too long. I mean, it's a last man standing match. So they got to count to 10 every time, right? Yeah. And and look at that match and how many times the referee did not count. Could you imagine if he did? Oh, yeah. 
I know. Holy crap, that match would have been so long. But mm-hmm. I think, and this is what I read, that Edge, I think it was Edge, said, uh, they just said, go do it. And then they got time, and it wound up being 45 minutes, and he didn't even realize it till after that fact, and somebody <laughs> told him it's 45 minutes. He's like, holy crap. And then he was like, I guess I can go 45 minutes, right? I don't think any of the matches, probably, other than like go in and do it in around this amount of time, I don't think any of them have... T- okay, they got to remember they were taped, right? So nobody knew at that point what the other person's matches had looked like. So they're not running a five-hour pay-per-view. They're going, okay, this match is probably going to be six or seven minutes. This match is probably going to be about 15 or 20. Like They just didn't know because no one was in the building with each other. So like when Angel Garza and those guys are in there, everybody else on the WrestleMania card is not even close to the building. So they don't have a clue how long those other matches were. They don't know that they're running out of time and they got to shorten their match because they have no idea when everything is done and edited how long WrestleMania is going to be. Well, that's so, you said it was a 45-minute match. It clocked out. It was on air for 36 minutes. I mean, they still cut 10 minutes of it somewhere. Yeah. Well, and they, they didn't cut the hanging from the abslink thing was a little shocking. I'm not sure why they didn't take that up. But somebody didn't notice it, and they showed it again the following night on Raw. So clearly they don't care. Or they don't know. Yeah. Like, one of the two, right? Okay, Someone didn't so, watch it. Whoever, whoever was editing was like, ah, oh, it's too long, and they turned it off. <laughs> okay, so I have three questions for you. Because yeah. Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar was a given. We both predicted Drew McIntyre was going to win that thing. We, You could see that one coming from a mile away, just the way they were setting it up. So we won't focus too much on that one. But I do want to ask you about Goldberg and Strowman, because the news that we got after the fact is almost more interesting than the news we got before. So we were expecting that Strowman would be announced at some point, either the week before or the week before that, because we knew Reigns was out. And Strowman yeah. was going to be in, was the rumor. It worked out that that was true. But WWE didn't say anything about it. And then we've learned now that part of it, I don't know if you heard this or not, but part of the reason that that happened was because Goldberg had said in an interview that he believed they were going to ask him to wrestle again, that they thought Roman Reigns was so trying to get this match done that he Mm -hmm. thought all the way up until the final hour that he was going to get a chance to actually come in and wrestle Goldberg. So Goldberg wrestled Strowman, lost the title, and at that point he went home, got on this tractor, did all this stuff, but he was told by WWE in a phone call about four or five days later that they might bring him back to wrestle Roman Reigns. But Roman Reigns eventually said, no, I can't do it. So they ended up sticking with the Strowman match. But they were going to put that one on the shelf if Roman Reigns could come back and wrestle, which to me sounds extremely crazy. One, that explains why Strowman wasn't announced, because if it ended up being Reigns and Goldberg, you can't say it's Strowman. Two, what the heck was WWE going to do with Roman Reigns when he won the title? He can't wrestle. Like, yeah, he's clearly know. not able to show up to the shows right now. So what would have been the point, right? You've sent Goldberg home. He's already wrestled. He's only got a two-show sh- two deal in the year. That's what he said. And he did Which is why my concern, I was concerned that, like, going past it, like, if, let's say, he does retain it, how could they possibly retain it unless they extended the contract, which obviously would have been a lot of money, which maybe they don't really have the luxury of right now, as we'll get into well, later. Well, they, they might have then, but they definitely don't now. But here's the other question is, if you're going to ask him to come back and wrestle twice, because he's already wrestled once, whether it makes the error or not, don't you yeah. got to pay him for the third match? Uh, 100%. Right? I would say so. He's not coming back. I don't care what's called. I just working out for two days straight, coming back and wrestling for free. So yeah. you would have had to pay him anyway. So I also heard that it, it wasn't uh, like they were torn between two people that would have been pushed against Goldberg. Uh, did you hear the second name? I don't know yeah. how. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, it makes Jeff sense Hardy to watch. Being, yeah the other name they're, they're pushing them to the moon right now whether well, that's, it's for... that's what I was just to say when you watch that video vignette and the series that it looks like is coming out about him 
they clearly must have figured they were doing something with him. So he might have been in the back of their mind. Like, we don't have any confirmation that that was true. But no. we've heard that. And and they are pushing him. You can see that like, they're makes using sense, him. Right? And like, he they looks clearly healthy, have like, a plan for him. So maybe they're like, well, maybe this, we'll rush it. Then we'll do the series and whatever. But they ended up going with Stromo, which I think is the right decision. I agree. Unfortunately, and I, and that's unfortunately from, like, it looks like it ain't going to last very long. No. And I, I'm a huge Jeff Hardy fan, but having him beat Goldberg would have been a little unrealistic. Like, let's be real. It would have been so, tough to pull off, right? Yeah. So one day, it's possible. I think he, they maybe do have that idea for him down the line. But uh, for now, I mean, just, just he looks good. He looks healthy. He looks clean, we hope. So we'll see how long that lasts. But obviously, he's, you know, ticking time bomb if history says, you know, is any indication. But... Well, we also know that Goldberg ain't coming anywhere near WWE for a while. Like, no. they, one, probably weren't going to bring him back anyway. Two, they definitely can't afford it now. You can't go and release 20 people and then go, oh, hey, by the way, here's another million dollars, Goldberg. Like, you just can't, right? Like, it's it's not happening. So he he's not going to be anywhere near WWE for a while. So, okay, so thoughts on that Strowman-Goldberg match. Very quick. It was like four spears, jackhammer, pins. It doesn't get the pin. Reverses another attempt at a was it a jackhammer or spirit whatever turns into a power slam three or big three or four big power slams wins the title. Um, the, all the heavyweight championship matches were actually quite short. The Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre match was short. Uh, Goldberg Strowman was short. Um, what do you think of the win and Strowman as a champion, and then the fact that it looks like he's going to now lose it to Bray Wyatt right away? Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Good for him for finally getting it, and I guess they had to do something to, to get it off of him. But uh, the Fiend, man, we didn't think he should have it in the first place. We didn't think he should have lost it the way he lost it. Now you're going to put it back on him, if, if potentially, or risk burying him even further. I just well, don't really the know what they're, they're doing. It looks, sure looks like they're painting themselves into a corner again. Again. Like, <laughs> right? Like, seriously, <laughs> learning a lesson already. Yeah, like, I, well, I want to see Wyatt and Strowman eventually. Not now. No, right? like, it doesn't what need the, to be that. Why would you do that? You, you've got all this buzz coming off the Firefly Funhouse match. That you can, why put him with anybody? And it'll be entertaining. And Strowman could use a couple months of, like, serious push as a champion. Like, yeah. And let him, <laughs> let him face off against people that are legitimate. Not, you know, people that, uh, like, don't put up against, I don't know, Sami Zayn. Put him up against a guy like Roman Reigns. Obviously, put him up against healthy, Cesaro. A guy at that level. I give was Cesaro, but give Cesaro, Cesaro might not be at that level right now. Where yeah, but like, you could well, build him for a month to make him look like he's at that level, right? Like that really. That's why it would be the second feud, then it wouldn't be the first feud. I think you'd have to have a guy like a legitimate threat for him, like Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. You can't really do because they had that whole. Yep. You know, well, joke well I guess what I'm getting at is you don't have to have Strowman defend the title at Money in the Bank. No, right. So why not? build Cesaro up for a month, have it at the next one or a Raw or SmackDown after that. Like, as you've worked him in through matches, beating other people, building up, the, like, people just want to see Cesaro get a shot, and they don't care if he loses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they care, but they don't care. It's not going to hurt him. So he can build himself up. He can get the credibility. He can look like a main event guy. He can lose. Strowman gets the win, gets the rub. Cesaro gets the rub looking good. Everybody's happy. And then you can move it on to why later, like or anybody. There's a few people that are like that. But anyway, that's that's whatever. I'm just a little whatever that they're painting themselves into a corner again, and they seem to be able to not see it. But yeah, it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like there there was excuses leading up to this, 
but how did you do this again when you had so much time? Everything's pre-taped, uh, not pre-taped, but like predetermined and, and recorded. Uh, as far as like the segments went at WrestleMania, you had a chance to rectify all of this, and then after it was all done, you said, "Okay, well, back to the normal, you know, not thinking ahead kind of thing." Oh, I we see what they think ahead. Look at the Boneyard match. Look at the Fireplay Funhouse match. Those are great, like really great, well, like quality stuff. There was some thinking ahead there too. I mean, it scrambled a little bit, thinking ahead for like three days worth of prep, right? Like just going, "Oh crap, we got to do this." Yeah, Let's put everybody three on. Three days of three prep days. is better than thirty minutes. Well, yeah, yeah, and it turned out great. But it's one of those things where I'm sure, but no, I fly on the wall. I wish I was sometimes, but you got to think that they're going back, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe we did this." Right with the Goldberg thing. So now they're just trying to fix the problem and give it back to but, Wyatt, like as though he never lost it. it. Yeah, well, fix it. it fixes it for Wyatt, I guess, but it doesn't really fix it for Strowman. Like, and Strowman probably is an afterthought. Like he was given the title because he had nobody else. Yeah. If we take it off him, no big deal, right? That's what they're looking at. It's like, why not use this? Take it as an opportunity to do something good here, and make him a credible champion. Build Wyatt, like keep building Wyatt. Like, I don't know why they would do it. Anyway, I got to ask you though before we move on from WrestleMania, what did you think about the Firefly Funhouse? Were you on the side of people who, when they first watched it, thought it was like Brian Alvarez and David? I'm like, I'm sorry, those guys are freaking morons. Like, just their reaction immediately to that match without even taking a look at it. Their their first thing was, oh, I can't suspend my disbelief, so this match sucks. Just holy you're crap, take a wrestling. look. Take like, a, well, yeah, but take <laughs> a look at what you're, like. Actually, consider for a second what you're watching, right? It's totally different than everything else. I get that. Some people aren't arguing it's a match. I get that too. Although there was a pin, it wasn't a whatever. match. Like, no, it wasn't. It was more of a segment than anything else. But yeah, it wasn't. But it was great. Like, Cena lost. It is what it is. There's no ref. It was a different match. But that's Cena not the point. Buried himself at WrestleMania. Well, like, that's, that's what it was. So, so that's what I was going to ask you. When you watch that match the first time through, were you like, this is incredible? Or this is like, what am I watching? This is awful. Like, where were you on that? I thought it was incredible because, well, first off, the, the Fiend didn't need to be pushed. But him being part of this makes him instantly popular, right? Everyone wants to see John Cena get buried. I don't think people hate John Cena anymore. I think people understand that John Cena is what he was. And I think they realize the guy is incredibly talented. Right. Whether you wanted to admit it or not at the time, John Cena doing what he did for 20 years on top of the company is unbelievable. Yeah, he was, you know, fed uh, everything he got as far as like the championships and stuff. But he got given that 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 ability or that that opportunity because he was so good behind the scenes, because he worked 325 out of 365 days a year um, and, and maybe even more than that. You know, he maybe more worked more than everybody else as the top guy. So the media circuits, the in-ring stuff, the house shows, the this, the that, didn't take a day off. He was an indie guy working in WWE almost to that extent, you know? Like, he worked every day, uh, twice on Sundays, you know, the classic trope. So having him bury himself, though, I think that officially solidified for everybody, hey, we don't have to hate this guy. He understands now. Like, he understands why people may have hated him. You know, the golden shovel in his hands at all times. He ended Bray Wyatt's first major run. He ended Umaga, the great Khali. Uh, the Nexus, any big person who had a huge run, he was the guy who like stepped in the way and said, "All right, that's it. It's mine now. Like I'm, I'm the champion. I'm gonna, I'm the guy that should be pushed to the moon." Whether it was intentional or not, I don't think we'll ever actually get details on any of those things. Whether or not that he, like from him himself, I think he understands that people. And I mean, we know he does. We saw the whole like the ruthless aggression stuff they were showing, building up uh, to Mania. He and his special specifically, he understands the fans were very much. Uh, against him for a large portion of his career. So I think doing this is great. I think it was a great way of saying, hey, 
I understand that you didn't like me, and I'm going to do this to not only push Wyatt, but also maybe rectify the last 15, 20 years. And I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, if, if for me, as I'm watching it, it I here's what I did. I watched the match. I thought, this is crazy, but very cool, very different. And I started, excuse me, I started getting a glimpse of what was going on. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think I get what's happening here. So anyway, I finished watching the show. I wrote a couple articles about it. I did a Talking WrestleMania Live on Facebook. Talked about it. And then I went back and I watched it again. And at that point, I realized what I was watching. And to me, it was... Okay, if you sat John Cena down for an interview and you gave him truth serum and you said, here's all the questions I'm about to ask you, which you normally probably wouldn't get an honest answer to, that match was the most creative way of telling you everything he was probably really thinking when he looked back at his career. So all of the little nuances of how he you know, almost got fired and then he stepped in. And he sort of took over and he took a gamble and it worked and he became a huge star. And then he worked his ass off to become the reliable guy that WWE needed. Worked so much that he gave up his entire life to do it. And then he had the opportunity as the biggest star of the company when his star started to fade a little bit to maybe go heel or not go heel. And he refused to do it because he was afraid of Mm -hmm. what it would do for him. I mean, you got every little inside look at what that was in the most creative, like 14 or 15 minutes, right? It was a different style of a documentary, essentially. And I was like, this is unreal. Like, you would never get this side of inside look unless you sat the guy down and said, here, talk about your career and be completely brutally honest about everything you think about what you did. But Wyatt did it for him. And John Cena was like, cool, let's do it. Right? Like, let's absolutely tell everybody everything that we want to tell them. And I think he retired. That's the crazy thing about this is that I think he's done. Like I watched that match and didn't, I didn't even occur to me that he faded in and then faded out, but his vanishing or ceasing to exist when the match is over is like, he's gone. He's done. And it totally speaks to what John Cena's career is that he should have as one of the biggest stars, as one of the most winning champions of all time, he should have had a huge send-off. He should have had the big goodbye. He should have had the big celebration, the John Cena night all. Uh-uh, I'm out. And I'm going to do it this way because it's the weirdest way anybody's ever retired. And I think he's done. Do you agree That's, or no? I don't know. And it's almost sad to think of that because... That's what I mean. Cena. Like, I'm, I think about it now and think and go, oh, my God. you. It, it makes you look back and go... I really should have appreciated it more. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. I think people were starting to, but if you actually look at it from that perspective, you really should have. Right. Like, this guy you know, is, like, is one of the best ever. He should be yeah. at most Matt Rushmore's. Like, if he gets the big send-off and he gets the big night, John Cena night, and everybody's all whatever for him and blah, 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 they show their appreciation, which I'm sure, I would hope, people wouldn't boo him during something like that. But then you get it like this. Well, they would, but I think that that's almost expected, kind of like the I'm sure thing. there'd be a little bit more respect, though. But... This is different because now you're like, you're that whole saying, you don't know what you miss until it's gone. And then you're like, yeah. it's gone, and we weren't prepared for it. And, and we knew it was already kind of gone, but like, yeah, but not like this. A, yeah, no, not like this. That, that You've got me all in a, in a whole like different mindset now. That's a weird, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I, it, who else could leave this way? Like, no, there's no bigger right. person, there's no bigger name, and he's probably totally content with being gone. Right? Like, I think in his mind, he's out. Right? Like, I think he loves WWE. I think he would love to be part of the WWE family. Would do anything for Vince McMahon. 
But at the same time, I think he's good with it. Like, I think he's decided. He's like, I'm okay with it. Like, I can go to do the movie stuff and do whatever, and I'm good with it. So why not leave this way? And at the same time, he gives Bray Wyatt the biggest rub ever, right? Like, he he's a fan of him. He screwed up his career at 1.5 years ago. He's making up for it now. This is a way to do you the biggest favor I can think to do. You're going to retire me, and everyone's going to be talking about the way you did it for years, right? Like, that's what I think. Now, I could be totally proven wrong. He could come back, but... You know, it is what it is. Uh, but it was a very interesting match. I thought WrestleMania was actually pretty good. Considering what they were dealing with, the empty arena, all the other stuff that was thrown their way, I don't understand why everybody's so bent out of shape that they didn't postpone it. I mean, look what we're dealing with now. Like, they're even talking right now, like WrestleMania 37 is going to be postponed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. How did you realistically think that WrestleMania 36 could happen in July? It was never going to happen. Like, so people that are like, oh, my God, put it back. Like, don't do this. Like, understand the fundamentals of business. You can't just get rid of that pay-per-view. You can't just not do it and lose all that money. You can't have invested all that time and effort. You just got to do it, no matter how different it is. And I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Um, I would have liked the whole grand scale of WrestleMania, and I'll be really bummed if next year's doesn't happen. But, you know, it is what it is. They're finding creative ways. We, we learned they're filming part of the pay-per-view for Money in the Bank on the roof of the headquarters today. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Okay, let's move on from WrestleMania. Unless you have one more thought you want to add, uh, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Okay. Now we should probably talk about the big news of the week, which is that a hundred. Oh wait, 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 wait. Actually, what? the they did the Bailey Sasha thing perfectly at, at WrestleMania. The way sure. they they kind of wrote that in and had like Sasha being turned on and then like coming in to still help her, but still having that like awkwardness. I like that. Well, anyway. it plays up to an angle that'll move forward for the next month or so, which is good. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, so let's talk about the layoffs. So we're learning now it's been about, it's more than 100 people. Like Aiden English did a video after being released, and he has already confirmed there's more than 100 people have been laid off. So most of them are headquartered people, like WWE offices and stuff that we don't ever hear about. But there were 30-some names between on-air talent, producers, writers, uh, developmental people, like... Those people are gone. And, of course, the most public of names, people like the OC, Rusev, Drake Maverick, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Angle. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on and on. Now, we know that WWE does releases every year. So the timing on this is really crappy because it looks like Vince McMahon and WWE are just like, oh, my God, we're losing so much money. Let's let all these people go, which in the face of a few months ago, not letting anyone go because you didn't want them to go to AEW or whatever, Mm kind of looks a little funny. But... So we shouldn't be surprised that people were released because had this been any other year and there wasn't a crisis, people would have been like, oh, they're releasing people. Like, it's just kind of how it works, right? And in some cases, Rusev, we don't even know if the guy signed his extension. Like, everybody's all mad they let him go. Well, we have no idea that he actually signed again. Yeah. You know, the OC. Well, for, I, yeah, for some people, this is a blessing in disguise, right? For a guy like, you know, Rusev or EC3, I mean, yeah, they're probably not going to get as much money elsewhere. However, they get opportunity. I'm sure EC3 so, was leaving. It, yeah, it I don't know why he would stay. Unless uh, you're yeah. getting ridiculous amounts of money, in which well, case you could say, whatever, I'm good with the money and not the, the creative outlet, which some people would be. I mean, I don't know. It comes down to, your, like, do you want to make more money than you'll ever see, depending on the contract, or well, do you look want how, to... Go ahead. Look how quickly he started tweeting videos after the announcement of his release. And yeah. wasn't long ago, he was tweeting photos with Chris Jericho. And Jericho's talking about EC3. 
and yeah. what bright future he has. So I'm sure there were conversations. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure there were conversations about that already, right? Like, so it doesn't. And EC3 is just uh, even before he's let go, he's not on TV. He's not doing anything. He's at home working, posting videos of his workouts. Like, he's not coming back. And there was, it was never going to come back. So all these people that are like, uh, like I get it. You want to say they wasted his talents? Sure, but he'd have probably been released anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. But guys like the OC make sense to me for going. I wish they hadn't been gone. I really like them. I feel like they never really got the appreciation they probably deserved. But yeah. they just signed five-year deals at 750k per per year. Like, yeah, AJ Styles. That's two and a half million. Like, like, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> that's a million and a half per person, five times. Like, yeah. and it just got signed. So WWE saves a lot of money letting those guys go. So it just it makes sense why they did what they did. Kurt Angle, while well, useful, not really. The big one that surprised me the most actually is like Mike Yoda. Yeah, like the referee, that was so weird to me. And fit it fit Finley. That said, the producers yeah. are all furloughed, so there's not they're not getting paychecks, but they're not gone gone. Like yeah, they'll be back in July. They'll get benefits, and they'll you know all these other things that when or if WWE hires them back, and I'm sure some of them will be let go. But and from what Shane Helm said today when he went on video, he was one of the ones released. He's like they basically let everybody go that would have had to travel to the tapings. So if you didn't live okay. in the Florida area, you were let go. And that makes a lot of sense. That right? makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you can't fly them in anyway, right? And you could, so but it's like them them, well, it's yeah. super expensive. It's like risky, safety wise. Airports it, it are sucks. a issue right now. But it, it sucks as far as like, well, then they're not going to get paid, but they are getting taken care of. I think he said as well. So, well, yeah, they're still okay. They all the, the NXT guys have thirty days non competes, and they're getting paid for thirty days. All the WWE main roster guys have ninety days. They're all getting paid for ninety days. Like. So these guys aren't immediately out of money today. You know what yeah. I mean? And now that they're done, they've gone and built all these pro wrestling tea stores and all this stuff. Which they should. Yes. Yeah, yeah sure. You got to do what you got to do. Um, so they're they're okay. And you talk to a guy like Tommy Dreamer. You talk to a guy. They're like, I've talked to these guys. Most of them are fine. Like, they're unhappy. They wish it wasn't the case. But they're okay. Like, they're not. Nobody. I don't can't say nobody. I shouldn't put a blanket statement on that. But most of them are probably not going to wake up tomorrow and go, I am so screwed right now. Like yeah. it's it's not. They worked for a long time in WWE and got a lot of money. And a lot of the producers, like Shane Helm said, were getting paid for a little while here doing nothing. Right. So they made some money to sit at home. And I'm not saying that's good to be let go. I'm not any of that. I'm not suggesting in any way that it's even remotely positive these people were let go because i'm sure a lot of them wish they still had their jobs today but i think they'll be all right and i think in a lot of cases some of these guys are going to come back right I think but so too. of the all the people that were released what do you think is going to happen here are they all going to sit around are any of them going to AEW? do you get the impression that you know some people are going to go like carl anderson's teasing he's going to japan whenever that could be nothing's happening in japan right now yeah. So who does what and who? Okay, two part question. Your most shocking releases, and then who does what? Most shocking. Honestly, the producer list shocked me. But like you said, if it's a matter of travel, that makes sense to me. But like, like Finley, obviously was surprising. Mike Chioda surprised me, but also you have to think if he's the most expensive referee on the play uh, payroll, and maybe it's because of his age. They want to like just. Well, I was gonna say you, you gotta consider the age of some of these people, right? Like yeah. When you talk about like Fit Finley, I think for the women's division, I think there's a lot of females in that roster right now, or they're devastated. 
because he was so impactful and so instrumental on what they were doing. But he's also older. He's probably traveling. He's at higher risk than a lot of other people. Yeah, like, you want to keep him safe as well. We want to crap all over WWE for this, but maybe they're doing some of these decisions because they're the safest things to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, and you know, and you've had a conversation with Finley and said, "Look, dude, this is just temporary. We're we really, absolutely, one hundred percent want you back. We hope that you don't go to somewhere like AEW, who I'm sure would scoop him up in a second. Yeah, right. But they're like, we hope you come back. We just can't afford to pay you when you can't come in. We don't want you here because you're a little older and at risk." Like, just all that stuff. Maybe they're doing them a favor. Like, nobody's looking at it this way, right? It sucks because they're not getting paid. So how do you say that's a favor? You could just pay the guy to sit at home. I get that. But at some point, you got to answer to your shareholders. you got to answer to the fact that you are losing millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't do WrestleMania, and you can't do your live gates, and you can't do all these things that normally bring in all this money to pay all these people to do whatever they're doing, right? you got to make a business decision. It sucks. Um, and I'm sure WWE headquarters right now, their offices are going crazy trying to figure out how to handle this workload. But like the producers and stuff, what were they doing? Like, there's no shows, yeah. right? There's so little happening, and there were so many of them. It's really hard to to, and most of them get it. Like from everybody that I've heard talking so far, they get it. They're just like, it sucks. But it sucks. But like, yeah, they, they understand, right? Yeah, nobody uh, seems it, to be mad. Right, like they're upset and disappointed, but nobody's like holding it against. It's even a guy like AJ Styles, who's just has his two best friends just get fired. He's not even mad. He's upset yeah, at himself because he, he couldn't himself, do more. Yeah. Right, yeah. like he he wishes he could have said more or done something, but he just couldn't. It's just like the reality of the situation. Right, it just it's, it's it just sucks. That, like Lance Storm like just shut down his wrestling school, and and having that happen, and because he was going to be like full time producer kind of thing, and yeah. having this happen, it sucks. I mean, obviously the big names, you know, Rusev, Kurt Angle, Zack Ryder, but like you expect some of them because like these guys aren't being used anyway. It sucks for a guy like Rusev who just gave what was it twenty five thousand dollars to the employees who are going to be affected by this. Little yeah. did he know that it's come to him. We also don't know. For some of them, I think it was very sudden, and you can see it based off the reaction they have that it might have been very sudden as far as like, hey, we're calling you, and it's all like in the same day. Um, but so I don't know if I have like a most shocking one, but I think it's pretty obvious. Like the ones that are very surprising, uh, yeah. this, and then you have, what, what are they going to do? Well, I know that Zack Ryder already is taking bookings and stuff for once everything clears up. So he's already at least looking towards the future somewhere else, whether he gets there or not, we'll see. I know Mike Bennett said he wants to wrestle Zack Ryder and he responded saying like with a winky face, like, yeah, they'd love to join the Indies. That'd be great. That happened like while during this recording. So that's they've yeah. already talking about it. Heath Slater said on July seventeenth, that's the date he said he's ready to like spread his wings. So I think he's also ready to at least explore the indies at the very least. And there's no harm in taking indie bookings, right? There's more companies than just the main ones that we think of, like WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, TNA. Like there are other companies out there. So like small little promotions and stuff that he can work with. So there's no reason not to at least consider that. Uh, I, I think a lot of them are going to look at the the market you know you've seen uh zack Ryder completely rebrand to Matt Cardona, his real name mm-hmm. we've seen rusev who we already thought was on the way out uh, the oc i mean we didn't see them we, we thought they were going to be gone anyway and they signed those like five-year deals and we're like well I guess, I guess they're staying for the money despite the opportunity not being there uh who else is there the revival were released before that and i think their yeah. no their non-compete was waived anyway which 
when we, we expect them to go to AEW, that just makes too much sense, especially with the whole like Cody Rose and the, the FTR stuff, which now they're filing for a new trademark, right? Uh, Fear the Revolt, which is still FTR, so they, yeah. <laughs> they can get they can get some use out of that. But uh, no, I mean, there, there's a lot of options here for these guys. It just sucks because I know AEW. They aren't doing any tapings until at least May, right? Well, that's, and that's, what it was. that's what I was going to say. When you're talking about independent stuff and you're talking about, I mean, we have to be realistic here. And it is the same thing that everybody in the world is dealing with. Not everybody, because some people still have their jobs. But yeah. most things where there are groups of people, they aren't happening. So there's no indie shows. There's no other wrestling promotions. There's, nothing's going on. Like they just, they aren't allowed. Right. There's no unless you're going to go to like to Sweden or something where the loose the laws are a whole lot looser. Like there's just and those those shows aren't happening. Japan shows aren't happening. Indie shows around the world aren't happening like it just doesn't exist. So to say that these people are all of a sudden totally pooched because there's they were pooched anyway. Right. All these indie wrestlers are pooched. There's no shows like there's just nothing happening. The only option right now and even it's limited because like you said, they've taped so much stuff is AEW. Because there, there's AEW and there's WWE. Those are the only two businesses that are really running right now. So you can go to one of those two, and you just got let go by WWE, so you can go to AEW. But AEW is not going to pick up everybody for many reasons. One, they're having, they're going to have the same financial issues. Sure, they got deep pockets, but they don't, they don't have the type of money to just hire all these people. Two, they don't want to let any other people go. So you've got a lot of people on that roster who, if you were to look at them compared to the, some of the people on WWE that were just let go today, if you had your druthers, you would swap one for the other. You would make a trade and go, okay. Like if somebody said to me, okay, I will trade, you know, this guy on my roster for Rusev, you would do it. But AEW has come out and said, we're not letting anyone go. Right? Yeah. So you have a lot of these guys on your roster who might not be big stars. and Maybe you're going to build them and whatever. So you can't just go, okay, well, we keep you and we'll bring in Rusev. Or we'll keep you and we'll bring in Zack Ryder. We'll keep you and we'll bring in EC3. you got to bring only a couple in. And WWE knows they're not going to hire 20 people. It's just not happening. So some of these people are still going to be out of work when WWE's ready to hire them back. And in some cases, they'll keep them, right? So it just sort of, I'm, it is what it, like these guys are just, they were pooched either way, right? And it's, I think Drake Maverick's surprised because he was just advertised for NXT. Like the day before, he's in the tournament, and the next day he's fired. And he's right? still doing the tournament. Which yeah, he still maybe, said maybe they're, they're letting him do that match. We know it. he's going to lose now. <laughs> no, no, right? he's going to shoot win the whole thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> if he's the champion, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. But I, I have a feeling that if he shoot wins the whole thing, there's a few bigger dudes that'll be all right with that. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, his stuff's heartbreaking, but it's the reality that a lot of people are facing. Is there's, we're as we talk, both you and I are out of work. Yeah, right? I was laid like, off last week. Yeah, yeah, and my business that isn't this, I haven't done a show, and I've been given refunds like crazy because it is what it is. I can't have events like it's yeah. this reality. What are you gonna do? So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. It's really and, sucks. and Drake Maverick mentioned that as well. He said, "Look, I know there's a lot of people that are you know going through the same thing and that are less fortunate than I am." But like anyone that's be, that's upset if he feels like people that get upset at people like athletes and stuff who are making a lot of money, one Drake Maverick wasn't going to be a multi 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 millionaire from this, right? He's not John Cena, he's not Seth Rollins, he's Drake Maverick. Um, people that have money are allowed to be upset about life changing things as well. Like yeah. I don't understand why people are so like it's just a foreign concept to people. But yeah, 
Yeah, all, all I'm saying is it's 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 crappy. It's no good. But I think the people who are losing their mind over that WWE is in, is all right with this. And they're just like, yeah, you just fired everybody because you're Vince McMahon or whatever. I think you guys need to give your head a shake. Like, I don't think he liked this. I don't think he enjoyed doing it. I think he wouldn't have done it if he didn't have to. I don't think he specifically picked somebody because he didn't like them. I think some of these people were probably on their way out anyway. Like, I, it's just, it is what it is. And it it's a bummer. But whether this was a crisis or not, some of these people would probably be gone. And nobody would have sneezed at that. They just would have said, oh, I can't believe you didn't use this guy better. Like, that. that's the reality situation. And no, I don't think AEW is going to pick up most of these people. I just, I don't see it happening. I think they'll take guys that are useful. Like, their refereeing, other than Aubrey Edwards, is awful. So they could use a guy like Mike Yoda, right? Right. So, yeah, we'll I mean, s- we'll I, see. I agree with you. Anyone that's looking at this and saying, well, this is just a spiteful move to be spiteful, it's, it's business. I don't think any move is made just to be spiteful. Well, I've uh, seen people say comments because he, he released something about you know how much money this is going to save them and the reserve funds they have, like half a billion dollars in reserve funds to help yeah, them. Yeah, but you have to time. say that kind of stuff that's, for well, your And it's not money. It's not liquid money. Right. No. Like it's not all of a sudden that he's got five hundred million dollars like like freaking Floyd Mayweather sitting on a bed going, oh, hey, look at all my money. Like that's not what's happening here. This is money yeah. he has access to that if he needs it, he can. It's half as like more than half. It's mostly debt. Like it's just it's money that he can do and use if he has to. But it's not just sitting there. So he couldn't have just said, OK, well, I'll give you this pile instead of laying you off. It's mm-hmm. money that he has to. He's losing millions of dollars. Right. And these people were all employed because he was making millions of dollars and now he's not. Right. And he's still making money and he's still going to he's still going to try to make WWE profitable. And that's the job of running a business is you've got to try to figure out how to weather the storm and not lose a handful of money. And most of the people who are released get it. The trick, the tricky part is the fans that don't know enough. They don't. And they're the most vocal ones. And, you know, Vince may not be the best guy in the world. I don't know that. Never met him, but he's got a reputation for being a little different, and that might still be true, crisis or not. But he runs a business, and you got to make money with a business, and you got shareholders and television contracts worth billions of dollars. Like you cannot just do whatever you want when the world is crumbling around you, and you're losing <laughs> dollar after dollar and millions and millions of dollars at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the good news is it doesn't sound like there's any more main roster cuts coming. So from what I understand, those ones that happen on Wednesday are pretty much the bulk of it. So some of the guys they might have thought might be like, oh, and I won't say any names, but they're still there. They survived the cuts, and we'll see what happens. But they uh, And NXT guys didn't get a lot of cuts because I don't think they were making a lot of money, right? You can af- afford to keep them because they weren't getting the huge, huge dollar amounts. News-wise... Yeah, I mean, well... That's a good point too. Like some of these are minor, some of these are major, but they all add up, right? So yeah, it, it's a huge, it's a business thing. So we've covered the talent releases. We've covered Power Finkel. Probably should have done that at the very beginning. It's shame yeah. on us for not doing that. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about it, but I mean, clearly I'm trying the, to not think about it. <laughs> clearly, the best announcer in the history of wrestling. Agree or disagree? Agreed. There's no one better. Like, and I don't think anybody has ever done it would want to say they're better. No, and I don't think I don't know that there ever will be anybody better, right? Like I there mean, might be. You said wrestling, maybe one like, top three ever. 
When I'm thinking of, of like announcers and and stuff like that, I'm thinking of the Buffer Brothers, and I'm thinking Howard yeah. Finkel. I was gonna say when you when you connect a name to a sport, like you got it, Michael Buffer in boxing, and you know Bruce Buffer, Bruce Buffer and, and, and yeah. UFC. Like they are about as synonymous with their brand as Howard Finkel was with WWE. But when yeah. you look back at it, like Howard Finkel was the first ever employee in WWE, the very yeah, first person ever hired impressive. as an employee. That's crazy when you think about it. Like that's of all the things that WWE has done and all this built this huge mega conglomerate that he built. Finkel's the first guy on board. He's the very first dude they hired. Like it's crazy. And he called the biggest matches, and he was his voice was so different and recognizable. Um, and I'm sure he was one of the boys being in that business for that long. And I'm sure he's got he, you know, whoever he's going to meet on this, he's got stories for days that they'll relive and all this stuff. But yes, our heartfelt condolences and best wishes to his family and friends because unfortunate time to happen too because there's so much other news that you don't necessarily get the chance to appreciate what he did when you're talking about all this other stuff. But Leo Rush even said, like, you know, I thought today was going to be a little bitter. And then, like, you don't realize how bitter it was actually going to be. It was the next day after the releases. But it makes you think. It's like, I remember growing up watching Finkel. Like, just, mm-hmm. I remember being at a live event in Edmonton, Alberta, and starting a Howard Finkel chant. I was sitting front row around the ring. He's out to start the show. We're all giddy and waiting for the wrestlers and the show to start. And he's been in the ring for a couple of minutes. So, me and a couple of friends are like, let's start a Finkel chant. So we're like, Finkel, Finkel. And we did it for probably 30, 45 seconds. And it got louder and louder. And then everybody started doing it. Everybody started. He's trying to ignore it. He's not looking at us. He doesn't. Finally, he turns to us and he gives us a wink. And he's like, thanks. Like, it just, he was so beloved, right? Like, everybody's mm-hmm. like, Finkel is Finkel. Like, we started a chant for him before any other wrestlers at the show. It was just awesome. Like, I remember growing up watching him. He was... uh. It was truly something else. So, yeah, sad, sad day to learn that he he was gone. Uh, I don't know. What else should we? I watched Dynamite, but I'll tell you one thing. I was not impressed with the show. It doesn't shock me that NXT now has won the ratings twice in a row. What did you watch it? What did you make of the Moxley versus Jake Hager match? I enjoyed it. it? Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. I think it was I mean, it's tough. Jake Hager hasn't really been an in-ring guy, uh, more more so than he's been like a behind the scene, like or behind Jericho, you know, bodyguard type guy. I, I mean, he has wrestled, but he hasn't been like a super. I'll, I'll say this about most people in AEW: they don't really like. I've said for a while at WWE, they don't overexpose you to people in the ring for a lot of it. Uh, at least not everybody. So I enjoy that, but I, I enjoyed it. I think Jake Hager's good. I think John Moxley's good. Neither are my favorite wrestler. So for for what it was, I thought it was fine. But yeah, I don't know. I, what, what, what did you think? I thought the best part about the whole match was the the build up big feel they gave it. Right, like they they really promoted the snot out of it. Like like this was a big deal. You know, Jake Hager, the MMA guy, undefeated. John Moxley, the new AEW champion. I don't know if he's not undefeated. Maybe he is an AEW. But they really built it. They had people from both. MMA and wrestling doing these little short little snippets on the show before they, like they built it up quite a bit and then they had Jim Ross do the announcing by himself you know Jim Ross is the big match feel announcer you know all that kind of stuff but the match for me did nothing like it was the first time I the opposite of Wrestlemania and some of the stuff I'm starting to notice with WWE I very much felt like that arena was empty like I noticed it a lot 
when I was watching mm-hmm. that match. Whether it was boring or there wasn't a lot going on or whatever, I just I felt myself watching it going, man, sure would be nice if there were people around. Like, and that's not a good sign when you have this huge big match and you you watch all this stuff and then you're realizing, hey man, this would have been a whole lot better without with was from some fans around. And then you've got Hager, who's undefeated now, no longer undefeated. Eventually, that was going to happen. What what happens with him now? Yeah, I don't know. You kind of take away the the phenomenon of him being undefeated and him being this you know larger than life guy because they, they really pushed it early on. Like, hey, this guy's right. yeah. Uh, and also, I'll say about the empty arena thing. That's like the first time that's happened for me uh, with AEW. I thought we mentioned early on as well. They've done a good job at kind of hiding that error, or not that error, mm-hmm. that issue with like not having a, a crowd, which obviously isn't something they can control. But that is what it is, and it it felt a little more glaring. So I agree with you. I don't know what it was, but it, well, it did. Yeah, it was it, only one announcer, nobody in the crowd. Like they've been doing a lot, and it was in the old building. So this match was taped a couple weeks ago. Because if you remember that arena was that Jacksonville one where they were outside, that's where they shot this match. But in the last two weeks of Dynamite, they've been airing from another location in Georgia, I think, which is a smaller venue. They went back. So they did this match a long time ago. And you got we went back to the older empty arena with nobody in it. And you could tell like it was it was really big and really empty. And yes, it was like I felt like they were going backwards a little bit. And that was unfortunate. But yeah, that I didn't think the episode was wonderful. It wasn't great. And you're starting to notice a lot of the guys that aren't there, right? There's quite a few AEW talent that are not coming to the tapings. And like the the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros and all those guys aren't coming. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's starting to, okay, we're seeing the same eight, nine people over and over. Right? Yeah, well, that, that's, that's why I was the opposite of what I was saying before, where while in the past when they, everything was in flow control... They weren't overexposing people. Now it's the exact opposite, which is why you, you see an issue in WWE. When you have the same eight, nine people all the time on TV, it becomes stale, right? And that's kind of an issue we're having with Dynamite right now. So I, I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that up. Okay. So um, I don't know what else. We talked about AEW and WWE. We talked about the releases. We talked about um, WrestleMania. We talked about AEW a little bit. I think we've covered the gamut pretty good here. Uh, anything we're so. missing? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think there's a lot to cover. We're over an hour now, I think, so it, it would make sense that we've covered most of it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was definitely a lot. I'm sure there's other small little details, but uh, nothing crazy that, like, and, and again, it's been two weeks, so things have happened that we're not going to talk about from, like, two weeks ago. Also, there's enough news in the last week, in the last few days, that obviously it's going to be a... Uh, a whole different thing. We talked about Money in the Bank. I think it's still going on. They have a kind of like it's not going to be at the Performance Center for all of it. Well, it is. It is. They, not not the entirety of it. Half well, of it or something. Yeah. Right? That's that's the word. Is that they're shoot, they're shooting some of this from the Performance Center, and they've shot some of this on the roof of the WWE headquarters. You remember that one time where the show was delayed and they had like a huge storm or something, and they couldn't do the show live. Everybody couldn't get in. So like JBL yeah. was on the roof of WWE headquarters, and then like Moxley was in the building and. Other guys were inside the offices and stuff. I think yeah. that's what they're doing. They're doing it on the roof in some cases. So they've shot a bunch of stuff there, and um, we'll see how that turns out. But it's interesting. I mean, it sounds like they're trying to find creative ways. Oh, well, I guess what we should talk about is the schedule that was just released in terms of TV tapings and live shows. Now, there was all sorts of speculation that the reason that the live shows were continuing and why WWE was getting all this flack 
was because they convinced the state of Florida and Orange County specifically to let them keep going. And they were given this essential service tag, which originally they weren't, which is why they taped everything and WrestleMania because they yeah. figured they were getting shut down. So now it would have been a reasonable expectation. Yeah, right. Because everything else is pretty much shut down. And WWE, when you look at it, really probably isn't an essential service. It's but anyway, not. yeah, they're they're selling this idea that they're you know built into the fabric of society and that entertainment's important for people who are struggling and all of that. And I agree with all that, but it doesn't make it essential. So anyway, they've convinced Florida that they can do this close set thing, that it's good for their economy, that if they're running shows, it's helpful for them. I think they probably waved the flag of you can have WrestleMania 38 back here in Tampa if you let us. Like, I'm sure there was a lot that went on with that conversation. And now they've got this essential service tag, so they're back to doing live shows. But what we found out today was this live schedule has said that they're not doing all their shows live. In fact, they're doing a bunch of tape stuff and a bunch of live stuff, and which kind of shatters this whole you can only do three non-live shows a year with Fox and NBC Universal. Or they've had a conversation with the networks and said, this is what we're thinking make sure this is okay before we do it. What's your take on that? Like, are you thinking that maybe this information about these TV network deals was inaccurate or that they maybe had a conversation with Fox and NBC and said, look, this is the best way to keep everybody safe. Are you okay if we do it this way? What's going on here? I have no idea. I, it's all a huge mess. I can't believe they got the essentials, uh, like business tag anyway, because essential is essential. Like it's things you cannot go without we can go without wrestling. Do you know how I know? Because we're going without the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Like we're going without all these things. TV uh, recordings and movie filming sets and everything are being canceled and postponed as well. Entertainment isn't essential. Uh, even if we it, want it to be, if we want to yeah. consider it, it, it's not. Like essential is not essential. You know. Define essential for who though, right? I mean, that's essential the for for anyone to live. Like, do you need food? Do you need medication? Do you need, you know, things like sure. that? Sure. From, but from do you that, need to watch wrestling? No. 100%. From for the, from that perspective, you're absolutely 100% right. But what if they're looking at from the perspective of a state or a city or the income? The, eco- the economy is just crumbling around everywhere, right? I think that's so all these it states is. I think it's, it's because I, of the Are trying to figure out how to make money, right? So yeah. what, what can happen here if WWE or – that's why Donald Trump wants sports bad, so bad. Right. Like he just he's realizing that without this stuff, the economy is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. How can we get these up and running again? And if you can do this safely, I don't know what kind of money they're bringing. Like I don't I, I can't equate the running a close set show to where Florida really gets the money for this. I'm not sure how it works. I don't know enough about that to say, OK, yeah, that makes sense. That's why they would do it. But that's got to be what's going on here. Essential to the state of Florida must be, you know an economic benefit of some kind. So that's why they're saying essential. So I guess it depends on where you look at it. But yes, in terms of surviving as a human being, you don't need wrestling to survive. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that the, the economy has come into it in some way, but it's so weird to like use that tag on the essential service tag. It, it's so weird to me. Um, that being said, even, because, even though Florida is allowing wrestling to continue... Ring of Honor and MLW have both said that they're not going to actually hold wrestling in Florida. But despite this, uh, Ring of Honor, I know for sure, and I think MLW might also be doing it, but Ring of Honor for sure is paying the talent for the canceled events, and they're flying international superstars home. Like, they're paying for the flights. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, some people are are shining through here, right? Like, they're, they're doing the right thing, things they probably don't even have to do. 
Um, but they're doing them because it's the right thing to do. And that's in a, a lot of cases where Vince and WWE is getting a lot of flack here is that, you know, they're they're getting a lot of grief because they're they're laying back and cutting back when other people are not doing that, even though everybody's losing money. I think the issue here, and it's so hard to put them in the same category, is because WWE is such a bigger deal and makes so much more money and stands to lose so much more money than all these other people that it's hard to look at them the same way. I'm not making excuses for WWE, but it, it's really just kind of like you can't... They're both wrestling products, but comparing Ring of Honor and Impact and all these other people to the things that WWE is dealing with right now, it's not... It's really... It's apples and oranges, right? Like you just, Yeah, you can't compare them directly. No, sure. there's so much more to be gained and lost for WWE that these decisions just seem huge because they have to be made. Whereas, you know, Ring of Honor is going to lose money, but the money they're losing pales in comparison to the money the WWE is going to be losing. Right. It's just, it's really hard to do it, but yeah, this taping schedule stuff is interesting because there's a lot of taped episodes in here and it goes to show you that this whole live schedule thing was either worked out with the networks or was never a deal because they're doing it. I think this is my theory anyway, to make sure that these wrestlers get two weeks to go home in between, quarantine, do what they got to do, self-isolate, travel a whole lot less, use airports a whole lot less, and not worry and just keep the safety up, right? Like, it's just, why keep running shows repeatedly, repeatedly flying people in and out when you don't have to? So if you can get it worked out with the networks that you don't have to do that all the time, you should do it that way. And tape some of the stuff and do some of it live and then tape some more and send everybody home for a while. It just makes sense to do that. And some of these guys are going to have like a month-long layoff because they're not going to be needed on every Raw. When their program's over, they can take two episodes off, which is basically like a month. So they're going to have a lot of breaks in between, which I think is a good thing for them. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it, it's it's a mess, right? They've got to figure out the best, as best they can. And it sucks for the superstars. They maybe don't want to do it. But, I mean, they also realize it's their job. And it's also it sucks, too, because let's say someone says no, well, we just saw a bunch of people released, so that could be held over their head, unfortunately. And also you can say, well, you know, this was your one chance at a push, or, well, now this has going to... Pettiness has been seen in WWE uh, forever. So it's hard to kind of give up your spot because of this. Guys like Roman Reigns, I think they're able to say, hey, one, my life's more important regardless, and two, I am the big enough name where I'm able to say no. But for a guy like, say, I don't know, Apollo Crews, can he say no? Probably not, right? Well, and I, I don't, yeah. And you know what? I, I can't speak to whether or not these guys want to say no. Like you keep hearing, I'm sure there's some guys don't want to be working and think it's unsafe, but there's so many guys that have talked about how safe they think it is. And so many guys that aren't working for WWE right now that say they would be, you know, like a Bubba mm -hmm. Ray Dudley or a Tommy Dreamer or all these people have come out and said, if they called me today to show up to Raw and I knew it was safe, I would go there in a heartbeat. Right. And they're yeah, not even it, employees. Right. And, and it's they, different to it's an old school mentality almost, and that's very much a wrestling mentality. I think the whole wrestler mentality has always been different than like a regular person's mentality as well. So it's hard to even like, try and get in their mindset. Yeah, but I just get the sense that these people don't want to sit at home. Like while there's nothing going on, and they can choose to work and see their friends, even though they won't be seeing a lot of them, and get involved and stay active and do stuff. I think a lot of them would choose to do that over sitting at home and doing nothing. I'm sure that some of these guys that have families, like Roman Reigns is having twins or just had twins or whatever the case is, but he's got a lot of reasons to stay home, right? Health, yeah. family, all that other stuff. AJ Styles has a family too and all that other stuff, but he's like, I want to go work. I'm like, 
I want to work. He's like, I got to make sure I'm safe, but I want to work. Like he just he has no desire to stay home for too long. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Everybody's perspective is a little different, but all these people are like, oh, they're forcing them to go to work. I don't know that that's true. I'm sure some people feel a little pressure, but others are like, sure. Yeah, cool. And some probably see it as an opportunity, right? I'm, I wouldn't have never gotten TV time before, but I'm getting it now and I'm going to make the most out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Apollo Cruz, this could be huge for him. Like, I don't think he wins his qualifying match, or I think he uh, he's not going to win anything Money in the Bank related, but he's he's going to probably beat MVP on Monday, and he had a great match against Alicia Black. So he's getting an opportunity here, and he's making the most of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right. Well, that was a lot of cover, and we did it, and we just hit an hour right now. So I will uh, say goodbye. We will uh, probably chat. We, we'll probably do this every couple weeks instead of every week just because there's a lot going on, but not a lot in terms of TV content to really cover like crazy. Um, but anyway, I appreciate you coming in and talking all this stuff. Uh, we'll remind everybody where they can hear this. Anchor.fm is where we host it. Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Apple, I, like all the favorite podcast platforms you could think of. Go on there, download it, rate it, subscribe to it, share it with other people, comment on it, give us a five star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Check out all the articles at thesports.com and wrestling write ups and go on the Facebook page uh, forward slash the sportster. And that's going to do it, bud. I appreciate you coming in. I'll let you go. Do you have any final words other than Dolph Ziggler? Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Oh man, I messed it up. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Thanks again. I will talk to you in a little bit. Talk soon, man.